Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us in worship on this nice, cool Sunday morning. Are you guys awake out there? All right. Well, uh, as we normally do, let's start off with a song. If you guys would like to rise or just take a comfortable position of worship, we're going we're gonna to have a little talk with Jesus this morning. Hello, church. Hey! Yeah, we're learning. So uh, 
I just want to say one thing, and that song right there, you might not have known this man, but it's, uh, his name was Bob Corrigan. That would have been his song to play and sing, and he and Chris would share leading on different songs, and that would have fit him perfectly. Am I right, Sherry? Let me lead us in a word of prayer, and we'll walk around and say hi to everybody. Father in heaven, I want to thank everybody that are here today. I want to thank everybody that's here to hear Pastor Warren's teach and read God's word, Lord. Let them hear those words. So, Father, uh, thank you for the many blessings, and thank you for this praise team and all the hard work that they put in to, to lead and, and, and guide in this praise and worship. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So walk around for a couple minutes say hi. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar, for the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there in the
seats. Thank you. Thought we were already in that Thanksgiving line. Everybody's up looking for the food. So just as a reminder, Thanksgiving, uh, I don't remember the exact time, I think 12 o'clock or maybe 11 o'clock to 8 o'clock that night, we'll have a Thanksgiving party, dinner, come and go as you want. And um, um, hey, I need to know something. Is it all prepared, or are we bringing, are we bringing anything? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, there will be a big screen TV and different areas and just all kinds of stuff. Frank will have his terrible taste in eggs that are whatever. Uh, I, I will make this fairly short before we get our uh, scripture reading. Uh, Christmas church party sponsored by the Youth Adult Sunday School class uh, uh, is December 15th in the Fellowship Hall. There's a sign-up sheet outside. And lastly, um, as, as you know, a lot of us uh, should know that we, we, we lost a member of our church this past week. And his name is Mark Nichols. His mother and father in, in the back over here. And there's going to be, uh, on November 20th, a funeral. And uh, the interment is at Sutherland Springs C- Cemetery. Reception will follow at the church. Um, the, um, the service is at 11 a.m. here. So I encourage you all to come if you can. And um, pray for the family. Um, we have a scripture reading. Right here. Last Sunday, I didn't get a chance to be here. I was uh, actually up in our place in Arkansas, and there's a little country church um, just up. You have to go down a dirt road about six or seven miles, and there's a little country church there. And normally, I'd say we, when I go there, uh, I increase their attendance by about 15%. So uh, it's, uh, I mean, normally there's anywhere from 10 to 15 people uh, at this little church, and but they, they do a solid job of bringing God's word. And, and one of the verses that the pastors talked on last week was out of First Peter. And I just got thinking, you know, it's been a long time since I've been in First Peter. And so this week I spent some time reading it. And, and just some verses uh, toward the end of the chapter through First Peter, he gives a lot of advice and a lot of exhortation for us to become better Christians. And um, in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 6, it says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, at the right, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert and watch out for your great enemy, the devil. 
He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith and remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same suffering that you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore you, support and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Just really thinking this week about, you know, we, we are in this veil of tears for only so long, and then God has us. He says part of that is our strengthening process. I mean, it's sometimes not fun to go through. I'd sometimes wish he didn't want to strengthen us quite so much. But God is good. And, and, for, and Peter understood that. I mean, Peter had been through a lot of trials and tribulations by this point as well. And he understood what it was to suffer as well. And he says, it's just for a little while. God's going to support, strengthen, and carry you forward. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for being a God who is a God who is faithful. Lord, a God who himself suffered the very same things that we're going through. Lord, that you became human. Lord, you understand every bit, every aspect of what it is to hurt. And Lord, we just, we thank you that you're not a God who's indifferent to all of that. But Lord, that you're a God who understands. And Lord, that you're a God who cares. Lord, I just pray that you'll give us strength to endure when times are tough. And Lord, I just pray that you'll give us hands of glory when times are good. And Lord, I just thank you that... You're a God who is the God of all, good and bad. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Time with our missionaries, uh, not only this week, uh, but moving forward is going to be so important to me as I seek to lead the IMB uh, because there's a lot of missionaries know that I don't know, that I can't know, I won't know unless I have the opportunity to hear from them. Really the main uh, reason that I wanted to be here uh, was to encourage our missionaries, to let them know uh, that uh, I, I'm here to serve them, that that's the reason uh, I feel the Lord has placed me in this role to listen to them as they shared the, the victories and the successes and their excitement about the work, uh, but also to hear them as they talked about those struggles and challenges uh, and to hear their own testimonies. It's, it's not easy work out here, whether they're here for a year, uh, two years, or, or some of our personnel here have been here for 20 plus years. Just the way God is working uh, and to be able to see that here uh, firsthand uh, has been a tremendous encouragement to me. Michelle. Also had the privilege of bringing uh, some of my family members with me this week. Uh, my wife, one of our daughters, accompanied me, and, and that was uh, important as well. I want them to know what the Lord is doing around the world. I want them to know what we are a part of as a family. And they need to understand uh, the work because many of them are uh, our families serving together on the field and doing so uh, with uh, with a smile on their face, with a great commitment to representing the Lord Jesus well. It was also great to hear the testimonies of those they're working with. I uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to meet many people who have been won to the Lord by our missionaries and who are now being trained and equipped 
uh, to serve. God bless you, and we are happy to see you together in the Christ Jesus. Some of the testimonies, particularly uh, from the refugee camps, uh, were heart-wrenching uh, to, to see children living in an orphanage there. Our missionaries are ministering to them. But to know that many of those children made their way from war-torn lands and some of them unaccompanied by adults making their way across the border and now finding themselves in, in refugee camps with no one really for them until uh, they met believers in those camps and until uh, they met uh, our missionaries ministering in those camps. And now to see the hope that those children have, uh, even uh, though they have suffered horrific hardships and even though they live in destitute poverty, they have found a capacity to forgive. They have found joy in their lives. There's a, there's a smile on their faces. There, there's happiness. We're seeing uh, people being reached. We're seeing uh, people being discipled. And we're seeing churches being planted. We're seeing darkness being pushed back, uh, lostness being overcome with the truth of the gospel. Uh, and so to be here with them, to travel the dusty roads and the city streets with them was a good chance for me to, to better understand how we can support them and to know that they need a place to live and they need a truck to drive to do their work. And that's been provided through the generous giving of Southern Baptists. Uh, able to be reminded of how vital that support is to the work that's taking place all around the world. As uh, we had the chance to, uh, to walk alongside of them, uh, it'll change, uh, I think, in a, in a very positive way how I approach this job. That really was through the Lottie Moon Foundation, and I'd like to make sure that sounds right. This, this church at one time was a little bitty church, and our little bitty church over there, it's kind of funny because I've heard that term in Sunday school a few times today. Uh, we had 70 to 80 members participating weekly in that church. We probably had more, but that's who was in the church weekly. But that little church, each year we'd set a new goal on how much money we could try to raise to give to the Lottie Moon Foundation. Now just to let you know, our last year we set a goal, which is 216. We didn't do it in 217. You can figure out why. But in 216, that little church gave a, a, a goal of $800. And if my numbers are correct, we gave about 1150 approximately. Yeah, that, that is. That's absolutely. And when I could truly say, that that, that church gave out of, out of its uh, minimal amount of monies and efforts and stuff, they were uh, by no means a prosperous church. So uh, we'd like to set a goal of um, $1,500. Is that right, Wendy? Yeah, we'd like to set a goal this time of $1,500. We don't want you to take away, we don't want to take away from your regular tithing. So yes, this would be above your regular tithing, uh, an extra gift. 
and our goal is $1,500. I hope we come up with 5000 The monies are just totally used for the good of God, which is exactly what we should hope and pray for. Uh, with, and so thank you for that. Every week we'll talk about this, and hopefully uh, we can start a, a, a scale and we'll know where we stand before Christmas. Or is it, is it the first year, Wendy, or, or Christmas? We start, yeah, so we start the first week of December. Anyway, um, if y'all don't know, we're going to have a different pastor here today. You don't see that bald-headed guy. It's because he's not here. It is a family reunion. But we have a, Pastor Warren's going to be here. But before he comes up, everybody knows I'm real hard on names, right? Which means I don't remember anybody's name. So Pastor Warren's daughter, who's what I've always said, Pastor Warren's daughter, uh, is going to be here and going to do a, a dance for us. And, and that said, she gave me her name a while ago, but then she gave me her nickname. I couldn't tell you what her name is for nothing, but her, her nickname is Pinky. So, Pinky Warren. So anyway, uh, if, you've, if you've been able to enjoy this, what she's going to do, uh, uh, if you haven't, you're, you're going to be in for a treat. Thank you. And after that, Pastor Warren will be right up here to All right, well, I guess it's time to, uh, to sing again. Is that right? Just <laughs> a few more songs here. Uh, earlier this morning, we had just a little talk with Jesus. And, uh, and now we'll have a sweet hour of prayer. Sometimes just a little talk with Jesus is not enough.
Is it? 
this is for every one of you out there. Have patience. Wait on the Lord. Just grab your neighbor by the hand and tell him, wait on the Lord. Tell him, tell him, wait on the Lord. Tell him, wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The song simply says this. Sometimes in life you'll find that you get in a hurry. But when you have assurance, no need to worry. You can wait, wait, wait on the Lord and you'll see He always keep His word. But you must just trust in Him. Don't be dismayed. Oh, can God say? Patience in time of trouble. Yeah. Trust and believe in oh. And get the breathing God's promise. You will receive. You will receive it if you wait. Wait. Wait, wait, wait on the Lord. You'll see. And He'll, he'll always keep His word. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. 
and Savior Jesus Christ. And good morning, brothers and sisters. Um, when Pastor Frank asked me to, to speak this morning, I thought I had everything all together. And, and, and the more I studied and read, the more God changed my message. I'm hard-headed, but when it comes to Jesus, I'm very obedient, y'all. But seeing the service and how it has transformed thus far, I see why he changed my message. Brother Pat tiptoed all around my sermon. He could have went ahead and preached it. But the sermon today is going to be taken from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 through 19. And also dip down to verses 26 through 28. And it reads, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are no worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And we that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Briefly, I'm going to be speaking from a topic of I'm in it to win my crown. And as I approach this message today, understand something. Me, myself, and my family have been going through an ordeal. And then to hear about what's happening here at the church, 
me being a minister, I feel the joys of every Christian, and I also feel the hurt. You may not know it, but I, I suffer along with y'all, and I, I exalt when y'all are being praised and happy. It's just being a minister. But in today's time, you look at what we go through today, it is a constant struggle. We're always in competition for one thing or another. Every time you turn on TV, it's a competition, one thing or another. But don't be mistaken by the title, I'm in it to win it. Because what I am trying to do is get my story crowned that Christ has already promised for me. But there is a road that I have to take to get there. In life, I got a lot of people that come around and say, Ray, I wish I had your hand. Man, if I had your hand, I'd cut mine and throw it off and throw it away. And I tell them, I said, look, if you had my hand, you'd probably go on the Tower of Americas and see if you can fly. Life is hard this way. People always see the upside of your life, but they never see what it takes you to get to a certain point in life. They always see the winning aspect, but they never see that when you're down on bending knees, crying, asking God to help you through a situation. That's the part that we have to understand. We have to go through it. And the reason being, God is trying to make us better. It's human nature not to go through a struggle. Me, myself, I'm scared, deathly afraid of needles. So if y'all hearing anything about Reverend Warren and OD'd or got, you know, needle or whatever, call the law. It's something happening. It's been a homicide because I don't do needles. <laughs> That's a good indication something's wrong. But it's human nature not to go through things. But here in the Bible, I want you to understand one thing. You have to embrace your suffering. It sounds crazy. It sounds far-fetched. I know what you're saying, Reverend, have you lost your dadgum mind? But God throws things in our pathway for a reason. You look at it like this. When we look around, we have a big circle of people. On one half, you got the ones that don't believe in God, don't believe in Jesus. We have to pray for them. On the other half, you got the ones that believe in Jesus, they believe in God. Well, we're going to deal with that half that believes in Jesus. And then we're going to break that down too. Because even though you believe in Jesus, don't mean you're really having more life abundantly. Because in those ones that believe in Jesus, here's the problem. You can cut that in half. The ones that really know Jesus. Them the ones that have life more abundantly. When we think about this here, you look at the first words in here. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time understand something. We have got to go through some sufferings. And they take on many shapes and forms. There's never no direct or, or it doesn't give you a hint when God throws something your way that you don't quite understand. And believe it or not, we suffer every day through something. We're going through something every day. I have a funny little story. I'll probably get in trouble for this one. I usually be sleeping out with my horse. But anyway, fellas, you remember when you were younger and you were dating and you, you, you was trying to get that one? You're doing everything you can. You're opening the door for and everything and picking her up from work. 
buying the little flowers and everything, you know. You know, y'all, you, you want to make sure. I'm looking at David over there now. They all hugged up and cuddled up. God bless him. David doing everything he can, y'all. But understand something. It is a struggle sometimes. Be real. Because sometimes you're like, I really don't want to go over there and do this, but I want this girl. And in some cases, you figure out you're trying to get this chariot. And maybe two years later, after you done got the chariot, you end up with a pumpkin. There is a, a meaning to this. Now, 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 ladies, I'm not going to leave y'all left out. You, on the other hand, dating, and you see this fine young man, whatever this looks like, Denzel Washington, Brad Pitt, all of them wrapped up together. I'm going to always keep my hair tight. I'm going to do what I got to do, cook him dinner. I mean, I'm just going to look good all the time. You looking like, well, I got me a prince. Two years later, you got a frog. <laughs> but here's the thing. My wife and I have been married for, oh, God, I'm going to get in trouble. 35 years, right? Oh, I'm in trouble. Well, it's 30-something, y'all. It's been, a, it's been one heck of a ride. 33. 33 years. And we have struggles up and down. But here's the thing about a struggle. You have to embrace it. Because what I just said before, what your intention is, is when you embrace a struggle, it is a constant thing that you have to work at it. In other words, when you work at something, that original chariot, you'll find out 23 years later or whatever down the road, you still have that original chariot, that original prince that you thought you had or you were getting. It's not a frog, but if you work at it, you have that same prince 20, 30 years later. Because what happens is you embrace the struggle, you start to grow together. Something inside of you lets you know that this here is meant to be. You become one with each other. That's the part about struggle, embracing it. Because here's the thing, when you work at it, God is working on you. He's trying to make you better. And this is the hard thing about it is, 33 years, I've had to get used to Lifetime Channel. And, you know, I like, I'm, I'm a history buff. I love history. But, you know, when I come in the room and I know right away we're watching Lifetime Channel, and here, I'm going to ask y'all to pray for me because here lately, she's been watching the ID channel. <laughs> I get a little scared. I used to leave the room, but now I'm going to sit in there and suffer with it because if I see her want to buy a shovel from Home Depot, you know, plastic bags and such, I might get a little worried. But this is, this is the thing about struggling through. You have to be one. You've got to embrace the struggle. Because in the midst of a struggle, God has a brighter day. He has some sunshine for you. Now, here's the other thing about struggle. It is human nature not to want to go through it. It is human nature not to want to feel any pain. You know, we would love to wake up in the morning, see, and, and just everything is hunky-dory. God has blessed us. When everything is going good, that's when people seem to praise God the loudest. There ain't no problem in life. But as soon as trouble hits our way, Jesus is one of the last ones we call. Look here, I'm a little bit backwards. But when trouble hits my way, 
I start praising God even more. I start shouting hallelujah even more. Because in the midst of struggle, you start understanding that people that see you try to understand, well, you should be crying. You should be sad, despondent, have your 15 seconds of panic. And why are you still praising God? It's because God is the one that delivered me. He's the one that bought me for a price. And I'm going to always praise him because he is the one I know that when I have a problem, he's the only one can get me out of it. When you go through sufferings as a Christian, here's the thing. The ones that believe in Jesus, they wake up in the morning, they have to drag themselves out of bed. They still ain't woke up. They got to get their cup of coffee. They still ain't woke up. They try and drag themselves to work. And Lord, if I can just make it to lunchtime. Oh, man, we go through Monday, Tuesday. Lord, we've been made it to hump day. Thursday, Friday. It's party time. Started all over again Sunday. We go to church. Amen. Everything's good. We're good. That is not living an abundant life. That's the one that heard about Jesus. They believe in him, but they don't know him. But here's the thing. The one that knows Christ wakes up to a brand new morning every day. The one that knows Jesus understands that whatever comes his way, he's going to embrace it because God is trying to do something bigger. God is doing something better in their life. The one that knows Jesus understands that everything comes his way. God has got it all under control. That's what I want you to understand. You have to know Christ for yourself. And here's the thing I like. When you study the Bible, I find new stuff after, oh my God, I've been preaching since 2004. And I can read pretty good, y'all. I went to Roosevelt High School. Yay, Roosevelt, Rough Riders. Oh, sorry, Sam Houston. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jetson, too. Yeah, I, I stole y'all rocket when I was in high school. But anyway. Um, when you read the scriptures, don't just gloss over the words. Because every comma, every period, every but, every thee, this and thou has a certain meaning. I read this and when you just kind of heard about Jesus, you just stop at that word suffering and you don't want to go any further. The human mind fixates on the word suffering. But understand when you look at it toward the end, it says no word to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. This is what I want you to understand. God did not make us to be failures. God did not make us to be sad all the time. He's already planted something inside of us that when trouble comes our way, all we got to do is call on his name. And all of a sudden, that Holy Spirit within us, that is what we have to understand. That is the secret to living life abundantly. That is the secret to going through problems when you really don't understand what's going on. I like the poem, and that's my life. When it has a, a, a where you ask God to walk with you, and you start out and you got two sets of footprints, and you look back and it's one set. Well, God, that's when I needed you the most, and you the left. And the Lord says, "No, I carried you." And when it concerns my life, ain't but one set of footprints because He's still carrying me right now. You live in His spirit. You live in His world. Moving on, as I said, I am a history buff. 
And back in World War II, there was a psychiatrist by the name of Victor Frankel. And the reason I, I, I kind of got into his story is because our, our youngest daughter, she's going to college. She's been accepted, praise God, to Texas State. And she wants to be a psychiatrist. And every time I look around, she's trying to analyze me. <laughs> she comes in with a notepad. Well, Daddy, how do you feel today? I don't feel all right. So anyway, I'm trying to understand the field she's going in, which brought me to this guy, Victor Frankl. Back in World War II, he was a Jewish psychiatrist. He was writing a manuscript on the meaning of life and what that entails. Well, at the time, Nazi Germany was on the rise. Nazis came and took away his family, took away all his possessions. His one son that he had holding on to while they were loaded on the train, they got separated. He landed in the camp Auschwitz. And if everybody knows history, we know that it is the death camp. The one thing he still had was what he called his spiritual son, the manuscript that he'd been writing all these years about the meaning of life. Well, the German soldiers came and took that from him. And they gave him an old coat to, from somebody that was going to the death chamber. And the only thing in the pockets he felt was part of a scripture. Love thy God with all thy heart. And that's the only thing he had. When he's been stripped of everything, the meaning of life, the whole night, this is the one thing he held on to. Well, God brought him through all that horror. He was able to write a book pertaining to his atrocities that he saw. But the one thing he come to the realization is everything else is meaningless if you ain't got God. Nothing makes any sense if you don't have Jesus. They're still studying his book today about God and the meaning of life. Moving on, because I'm quick, y'all. We get to verse number 26. Now, we all know that this life is a struggle. Would you agree? It's a struggle every day. But here's the good part I like. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. Because we don't know what we need to pray for. Half the time we go down on our knees in prayer and we mention just rambling on different things. That, do they mean us any good? We don't have a clue, but we're praying. But here's what I like. If I re remember, I, I spoke to y'all last time about when you pray, sometimes just don't say nothing and God will speak to you. I don't know about y'all, but I have times in my life when I go down on my knees in prayer, things are just attacking me left and right, attacking my family, attacking my church members. I cannot even mention the words to say. So when I go down in prayer, sometimes all I can do is just hum. Sometimes I can, all I can do is just, Lord, you know. What happens is that Holy Spirit starts to work. See, the Holy Spirit within you that's already been set in you has been ignited. And all of a sudden, that begins to talk to the Father. See, that's when you start feeling out that God is real in your life. God is the one that can make you or break you. It goes on to, he's making intercessions for us. He searches the heart knowing what is in the mind of the spirit. Because sometimes we pray for things that really ain't no good for us. 
I, I, I was joking with David earlier that when I was in high school, I thought I was in love, y'all. Woo, I, I mean, I, boy, I, my nose was so wide, you could drive a Mack truck through it. But God had another plan, because I was praying for it, and I think God's Brooks made a song about it. I was praying, Lord, if this, this is the one, we're going to be together forever. Well, that didn't work, obviously. <laughs> but God placed a beautiful young lady in my life that is tailor-made for me. I mean, she's my, she's my, my, that's my riding buddy. Can't do without her. But the thing about it is, what I was praying for out of my mouth, but what my heart and the spirit were praying for were two different things. I seen that young lady, that first love, some years later at Luby's Cafeteria. And I heard somebody in the line saying, Tiger, Tiger. And if they mention Tiger, that goes way back. You know, that's my nickname. So I turned around, I was looking, I didn't see who's calling me Tiger. I looked down, I saw this young lady, and uh, the facial features were the same, but the rest of her, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, I, tell, I said, oh, how you doing, dear? Yeah, oh, yes, God is good. I turned around, and I hugged my wife. I said, oh, thank you, Lord, for unanswered prayer. <laughs> God has a way of answering your prayer when you least expect it. He can get you through some things that you just don't understand or don't know how to get through. That's what we do when we call on the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how God works. I'm going to share a story with y'all. It's about my Aunt Betty. And I'll be closing that after that. But my aunt, we, 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 we call her Yoda because she, she, she's a darling in our family and she depends on me quite a bit. And she called me one day and she said, Tiger, my, my TV won't come on. I said, well, ain't Betty, I, I, I work on hot rods and I ride horses. I don't know nothing about a TV other than cutting it on and cutting it off. Well, I think I need to call somebody. Yes, you need to call a TV repairman. So she called this repairman. He came out looked at the situation, and said, you know, Miss Warren, I can fix it. See, the doohickey is not hooked up to the flim-flam, and the flim-flam is not plugged up. This is what she's hearing, y'all. He's saying all the words of what the TV needs, but what she is hearing in her head, she doesn't have a clue. It's like blah, 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 blah. She's like, well, whatever. So he gets on the phone and calls his warehouse. The warehouse refers back to him and says, you know what, we have the part. We can, we can, we can send it to you. The, the technician says, no, 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 that's all right. I can come get it. So he goes back to my aunt and says, Miss Warren, I got the part. It'll take me 45 minutes to go get it and come back and hook up your TV, and you're looking at TV again. The technician came back, hooked the TV up. She's got all her stations again. She got BET. She got the Praise Network. She is good. So she's ready to write a check. And the technician says, no, 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 that price has been paid. It's under warranty. Don't worry about it. I tell you that story for this one reason. That's the way God works with us in our lives. 
See, a lot of things that we pray for, a lot of things that we go through, we don't understand it. But when we call on the master to take care of our problem, Jesus is our intercessor. He talks to the father. The father talks back to him, communicates with the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, all of our problems seem to kind of fade away. It don't fade away. They may get a little easier to bear because I'm one to tell you that in my life, I should have been dead and buried a long time ago. But when I look back over my life and I pray to Jesus, I got to know him for myself. He has brought me through many toils and tears, dangers seen and unseen. He's carried me through. When I think about the goodness of God and what he has done for me, it's unreal. Not so long ago, I asked brethren to pray for me. Now, here's the thing. When you're going through a struggle, you can't ask just anybody to pray for you. You got to ask somebody that is going through something or has been through something, a like-minded person. So I asked a brother to pray for me. And I got my answer in a most dramatic way. I had a decision I had to make. And God showed me in a dramatic way what my decision was. I got a good friend that uh, we've been friends since, God, 19... 89. He knows stories about me, y'all. I probably have to kill him because he can't tell them all. But out of the blue, he showed up at a day that I'm not usually at my shop. And he's here today. And we got to talking and the similarities were just crazy. And he says, uh, I said, well, Jeff, what are you doing here? He says, well, I was visiting my sister-in-law and my brother in Sutherland Springs, I said, really? Oh, okay, who's your brother and sister-in-law? He says, well, have you heard of a Helen Biesenbach? I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard of her, sweet lady. He says, after that, we got to talking. He said, brother, you've been preaching since 2004. I need to come hear you preach. I said, that's good. I said, funny you mentioned that, because I'm preaching in Sutherland Springs on the 17th. He said, really? That's the church my brother and sister-in-law go to. I said, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm going to be in trouble now. <laughs> but when he left, I sat in my office and cried for a good 30 minutes. Because once you, you don't realize when you know God is watching you. God is answering your prayer. It does something on the inside that you have to just say amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. It lets you know that even though you're going through a struggle, he's right there with you. Even though you have some decisions to make, he's already made them for you. You just have to follow through the plan. And I challenge each and every one of you today, get to know Jesus for yourself. You're going to have struggles. It's not going to end. But what God is doing is making you better. What he's doing is giving, he's testing you so you can have a testimony. Because when I say in it to win it, we're trying to win the high crown that has been promised and laid up for us. And we can't do it by worrying about what the world is doing. We got to rely and put our faith and hope in Jesus Christ only. Look to the Father and he'll give you the answer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Give God the praise this morning. Amen. I'm going to say a prayer for all of us here. And I guess, where's my man, Chris? Oh, there he is. He's back there. 
They do what they do. But understand something. I love each and every one of y'all. I might not know your names, but the minute my wife and I stepped in the doors of the little building you had over there, we felt the love. And that's a testament to God and your pastor. Keep that love. And is anyone needing a church home? I guess the doors of the church are open. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, Father. Thank you for what our eyes have seen and our ears have heard. Father, I ask that you would just bless and touch each and every one within these walls, Father. Father, we've had some mistakes and missteps, but let it be that you're right there to pick us up. Father, there are some heavy hearts, things we don't understand, Father, but you know. Give us peace and understanding that only comes from you, and give us that joy that only comes from you. For your word says that weeping may endure through a night, but joy will come in the morning. Father, I don't know when the morning's coming, but it's coming. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on. 